love cruising around their expansive Montana ranch in their John Deere Gator UV. We've been here since 1868. While the Caggianos drive a John Deere zero-turn mower to keep their Long Island brewery looking sharp. Don't call me, don't bother me. I'm going out to mow for a couple hours. Run with us and start telling your story. Learn more at johndeere.com slash radio. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh, yeah. Love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See you later. Wichita's new sports leader. ESPN Wichita. 92.3 FM. KKGQ. Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show. On the new ESPN Wichita. 92.3 FM. Hello. Welcome. Happy noon time. Happy episode 425. Shane Dennis Show. Jack Johnson alongside for the next two hours. And then we will introduce Pat Strothman in the Pulse here on a Monday. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Here's how you can digest ESPN Wichita 92.3 for the next couple of hours. Besides... 92.3 FM. Tell your smart speaker to play KKGQ 92.3. Tune in on your phone, ESPNWichita.com. It's a very popular way to follow the show. You can stream it on your laptop, uh, laptop, your device, and whatnot. You can call us, 316-669-4996. You can text us, 247-0923. It is February 20th. And we're heading for a high of 64 degrees in Wichita today. We've got a KUTCU preview to talk about here in the first segment. And how is it that TCU is favored? We'll discuss. Also, Lauren Hibbs, head baseball coach at Wichita State, got his first career win at Wichita State yesterday as the Shockers beat Long Beach State. By a final of 11-6, to salvaging the final game of that series. So we'll ask him how that felt and some other stuff about the weekend. So Shocker head coach Lauren Hibbs will join second segment. Also, we've got Twitter question. has to do with NFL quarterbacks on the move, perhaps. Headlines, 1 o'clock, as usual. Sydney McKinney and a softball update. She is... Really hot at the plate, in case you didn't know. Um, Royals talk, 125. We'll hear from Matt Quattraro as pitchers and catchers are together down there in surprise. So a little baseball talk at 125. I'm old Jack's young. Jack's back. February 20 edition. That comes your way at about 143. And then the Pulse with Pat Strothman from 2 to 4. So we hope you will tune us in if it's on the radio. Rip the knob off or ESPNWichita.com us and don't take us off the stream. Listen forever to 92.3 FM. And now here's Jack Johnson with a review of the NBA dunk contest. Jack, take it away. A review of the dunk contest. I know a you watched. A joke, I see. Yes. Yeah, I got jokes. I like it. I got jokes on a Monday. <laughs> Let's see if I oh. can surpass it. Well, Shane, my uncle has the heart of a lion and a lifetime ban from the zoo. Oh, wow. Yeah. Welcome back. Still got your good fastball, I see. February 20, National Love Your Pet Day. And it's President's Day. So if you have the day off, uh, enjoy it and congrats. And if you're in Wichita and you have the day off, get outside and walk around since it's 60-some degrees. Uh, It's the third Monday in February, celebrating as a federal holiday known as President's Day. It used to be, uh, well, 
George Washington's birthday used to be the one that was honored. That would be the 22nd. And now the day never lands on a single president's birthday, apparently. Um, Most Americans know the day as President's Day. More and more, the population celebrates the day to honor all of the past United States presidents. Some businesses closed for the day, including banks, federal buildings. So I'm sure you know that by now. But if you wanted to make a, a run an errand in the midday or after work, keep that in mind. Um, how many of the, uh, I think we've gone over this before, and you don't have to do it, Jack, but how many of the presidents could you name in order? Have we uh, had this exercise? Uh, we have not had it. I'm glad we haven't had it. One, I don't know how far I could go. Two? George how Washington. Many, I, yeah. How about the next one? Since I just, I'm going to lie and put you on the spot. Who's after Washington? Uh, Jefferson. I think it's Adams. First. I was going to say, is Adams third? Yeah. Um, there are three presidents who died on July 4th. There were four presidents who were assassinated while in office. And there were three presidents that served in 1841. So those are all kind of fun facts on President's Day. So uh, enjoy President's Day however you see fit. National Leadership Day is today. National Comfy Day, C-O-M-F-Y, just like you would think it is. Uh, Get comfy. Relax. National Muffin Day and National Cherry Pie Day. Those are all February 20th. 1792, President George Washington signs the Postal Service Act, formally creating the United States Postal Service. Kind of a fun fact on President's Day. The first person appointed to the role of Postmaster General was Benjamin Franklin. 1943, Chicago Cubs owner Philip Wrigley, his attorney, and Branch Rickey established the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League in 1943. The Racine Bells, the South Bend Blue Sox, the Kenosha Comets, and Rockford Peaches competed in 1943. Birthdays, 1898, Enzo Ferrari. Yes, that Ferrari. Ansel Adams, 1902, landscape photographer. Sidney Poitier. Actor, 1927. And Buffy St. Marie, singer-songwriter, won the Academy Award for Best Original Song for Up Where We Belong from the film An Officer and a Gentleman. February 20 for you all. Well, we've got KU and TCU tonight, and... It's important for a few different reasons, depending on your level of interest in KU versus gambling versus March Madness versus bracketology. Because KU, I believe, is still very much in the discussion for the number one overall seed. I don't think that at this time, Lenardi, Palm, or whoever else has a bracketology uh, projection on February 20th. I don't think anybody probably has KU as a number one overall seed. Um, but Alabama did lose to Tennessee on Wednesday. And at the moment, I think they and Houston are the two leaders in the clubhouse, as far as that's concerned. Um, Purdue has lost a game three consecutive weeks. So not an indictment on them. Nobody can go perfect, it doesn't seem like, anymore. But should we not close the door on Kansas being the number one overall seed? That win against Baylor was something. And I know that happened a while ago, uh, generally speaking. But 
when you put a lick on Baylor like they did in the second half, outscoring the Bears 55-26 to erase a double-digit lead and win by double digits, that's nothing to sneeze at. And I don't know if uh, Kansas has the goods to win it all, but I won't say they don't either because of what they did to Baylor and what they've done so far in the Big 12. And we've talked at length about how hard the Big 12 is and how tough it is to win on the road. So maybe what I'm about to bring up is a moot point and bordering on the ridiculous. But if Kansas can run the table in the regular season, and honestly, I don't really care what they do in the Big 12 tournament, but they've got four games left starting tonight at TCU. The games they have remaining, TCU, Texas on the road, West Virginia, Texas Tech at home. If they win all four, Jack, are your Kansas Jayhawks the number one overall seed going into March Madness, regardless of what they do in the Big 12 tournament because of the relative strength of the Big 12? So, yes or no? Run the table in the regular season. KU is the top overall seed. What do you got? You know, I'd like to say that that would be the most likely situation because the Big 12 is the toughest conference in college basketball. However, we've seen this before with Gonzaga. So if Houston wins out and they have Tulane, East Carolina, Wichita State, and Memphis left, they're not going to penalize Houston for winning out. So, mm, okay. So okay. Houston, by that math, would be the number one seed. There's been years that Kansas has been a much better team than Gonzaga, but they are going to penalize Gonzaga for winning out from that point on. I think they could leapfrog Alabama, but I also think Alabama loses one more time. I also think Kansas loses one more time. But as you yeah. said in your scenario, they're going to have to win all four games, I think, to get the number one overall seed. It would be interesting if they won out these final four games and then won the Big 12 tournament. Then I think there's some serious discussion. Oh, my God. I don't think there's any discussion if they do that. And I think that's a pipe dream. That would be a gauntlet of biblical proportions sports-wise. But if they do that, no, 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 no. I'll I'll pay you a hundred bucks right now if they run the table from here until the selection show. They're the number one overall seed. You want to I, take I would that like back? to think I'll, so I'll, because hand, by Ken I'll, Palm, by Quad One wins, Kansas would have far more than Houston. Oh yeah, but I, I think there's been too many years when you look at Gonzaga when they had one loss. Houston's got two. That I just don't think they'll penalize a team for winning. If, if Houston wins out their final four, then wins their conference tournament, which I believe they will. They're not going to bump them down to the two because Kansas, even though all five of their losses aren't bad losses, Houston would be what then twenty eight and two. No, they'd be actually uh, thirty one and two. Thirty thirty one and two. So hang on a second. Uh, who's where in the net? I wish I could. I wish I had a crystal ball. Uh, Houston, Alabama, Tennessee, UCLA, Purdue, and then Kansas in the net. And I only bring that up because we've been led to believe that that's a thing. That's a measuring stick. It's not the end-all, be-all. But unless we're in the um, discussion room of the selection committee, then we don't know exactly how much they go off of net, Ken Palm, um, any other analytics you want to look at, or the eye test. Um, I, I just wonder if Houston's – well, no, I don't wonder. Because wouldn't you agree, Jack, that Kansas' strength of schedule from here on out would – Dwarf Houston's? Oh, by a mile. Yeah. Hell, by 100 miles. Mm-hmm. So if we're not going to – and, and I'll, I'll just say this. If they run the table all the way through, um, you should make a bet right now in Vegas if you can get these odds and lay down 100. And if they do that, you'll be super rich. Because I, sw- I promise you the odds are in the thousands, um, you know, plus 1,000 or more. You follow the logic? I-, I mean, the Big 12 does not allow for seven-game winning streaks. And oh, yeah. Do, I mean, I, if you, you know, put money down on Kansas to run the table from here on out, you would 
cash out big time if they were to do right. that. Right. Right. Thing so, is, though, I mean, even <laughs> hell tonight, uh, they're not favored to win tonight. But let's talk about, let's talk I about think that, that <laughs> the thing is with Kansas and teams, uh, Bill Self teams in late February, it all it really takes is one of those true big time road wins, which makes me think tonight if they win, I think they would win out the rest of the regular season, grab the number one seed, they'd clinch the Big Twelve outright by probably a game or two because Texas still has to go on the road to Baylor, and I want to say one other team. Baylor or Texas has the toughest road stretch or to end the the Big Twelve regular mm-hmm. season. Yeah. So if Kansas wins tonight, I think I'd put money down on them to win the rest of their games in the regular season, even against Texas and Austin. But where I'd have the hang-up is definitely the Big 12 tournament because there's been really good Kansas teams that falter in the first or second round of that. Just because you maybe not look at it as a much-really-needed tournament for your resume. Yeah. So they may look into to resting some guys. But also last year, I mean, they went into a very tough Big 12 tournament and ended up winning the whole thing and I think beat Tech in the end by double digits. So it kind of shakes down on how really those other teams would fare out in the Big 12 tournament. Maybe you get lucky in Baylor's bounced. Maybe you get lucky in Texas's bounced. But, yeah, if you were to right now put even 20 or 30 down on Kansas to win out before the NCAA tournament, that payout would be huge. And let's be clear. Uh, it's not necessary that they're the number one overall seed. As long as they get a number one seed, period, they're going to be just fine uh, when it comes to, you know, if you're a one seed, you ought to absolutely, at the very least, be in the Elite Eight. Um, that's a reward, you know, for your body of work in the regular season. Although, right now, UCLA and Tennessee in the net have a gripe or an argument for being a one seed just because for the sheer rankings of the NCAA net. Now, again, that's not the end-all, be-all. But if we're going to use it, can we pick and choose when we do use it, or can we not? And that's why whenever there's a committee, there are going to be little things to nitpick and little things that come into play that the computers won't tell you. The computers are just spitting out a set of data for you to look at and consider. And I think it's it's dependent on the year how much that the committee leans on these kinds of things as far as Ken Palm, strength of schedule, strength of record, if that's still a thing, NCA net rankings, and on and on and on. So it's just a, a talking point for KU and what they have to look forward to. Um, yeah, maybe the number one overall seed is a little bit of a pipe dream because as long as you are a one seed, which most people – believe Kansas to be right now, then that's really all that's all that important. Um, and maybe being the number one overall seed only improves your stock by this much, by just a little. You're still going to be playing, obviously, a 16 in the winter of the 8-9 and should be able to comfortably cl- cruise into the, to the Elite Eight. And the other thing I would say, and I say it every year, you don't have to beat all 67 teams in it. You just have to beat the one in front of you. And assuming that Kansas doesn't just fall flat on its face, they're going to be just fine. Now, how do you explain, Jack, that TCU is a one-point favorite tonight over Kansas, who is six in the net? I will tell you that TCU is 21 in the net, so they're no slouch, but Vegas is screwed up, ain't they? Shane, I, I would probably go on record as saying that TCU, when healthy, is a top two team in the Big Twelve. What about Mike Miles? How, He's going to be playing. Okay, he played okay. against Oklahoma State on Saturday, and TCU beat Oklahoma State by twenty-five and dropped a hundred. Whoa, yeah. Now, if you want to play the odds, we we a couple of weeks back said you know Bill Self had never lost four in a row at Kansas, and they went into Rupp Arena and beat Kentucky. Yep. There's only been one coach to sweep Kansas in the regular season. That was Mike Boynton of Oklahoma State. In 2018, Jamie Dixon has that chance, and sometimes Vegas will tell you, hey, TCU's healthier, Kansas on the road has had its mishaps, lost by 15 to Iowa State, lost to K-State in overtime, lost to Baylor on the road. They've had their struggles, and winning in the Big 12 on the road is incredibly difficult. 
I wouldn't say Vegas is wrong, but something tells me tonight this is the win that would maybe solidify Kansas winning this conference outright. And I also just think, odds-wise, there's a reason teams have not swept Bill Self and Kansas in the regular season. Only one other coach has done it. Sometimes you go with your gut and go with those odds and say, is it really going to happen twice? I mean, at some point, it is going to happen twice, but this TCU team beat Kansas by 23 in Allen Fieldhouse. You best believe that type of game plan is going to be altered when playing TCU this time around in Fort Worth. They lost last year in Fort Worth. Will it be back-to-back years they do it? I'm just thinking when I'm playing the odds, I think it should be leaning a little bit more in favor of Kansas, especially with how they looked in the second half against Baylor. What's the secret sauce for TCU? Why why is why do they have a voodoo over KU over the last couple of years? Something you can put your finger on? I know you got to make shots to beat KU and Lawrence, but beyond that, what what's the deal? I got four four words for you. Really uh, good guard play. Yeah. And when you have guards like that, you have a front court like that that can hang with Kansas's guards. Yeah, I think you're going to have more often than not a very good chance of beating him. It's why Baylor too with Flagler and Keontae George. Yeah, they lost by 17 in Lawrence, but they also beat him in, in Waco the first time around. And then we're beating him by 17 in the first half. Good guard play is at times the kryptonite for this year's Kansas squad. All right, so a big one tonight in Fort Worth, KU and TCU. And KU still has certainly plenty to play for, not only in the Big 12 pecking order, but in uh, bracketology, as I mentioned and still an outside shot at the number one overall seed, depending on what happens around them. When we come back, we will talk a little Shocker baseball with Lauren Hibbs. He won his first game as a Wichita State head coach. That came yesterday at Blair Field in Long Beach, 11-6. to Wichita State lost two pressure cookers and then won that one yesterday. We'll ask him about how the first win felt and some other ins and outs of Shocker baseball, where they go next. And just a little uh, chat with Lauren Hibbs on what it what it felt like, what it meant to win a game at his alma mater. Also, we'll have a Twitter question that has to do with NFL quarterbacks and where they go next. Hour number two, got some headlines for you. Uh, the best of the weekend, and Sidney McKinney from Shocker Softball was front and center. You'll. Uh, You'll pass out borderline if you don't know what her batting average is after 11 games. I'll reveal. And she's got a long hitting streak and a milestone as well. So the accolades continue to come in for Sydney McKinney and the softball team. We'll update you on how they did and give you the uh, the rundown on Shocker Baseball as well. Uh, speaking of baseball, we got some Royals baseball to talk about and some Matt Quattraro audio from the very recent past down in Surprise. So we'll hear from him. And Jack and I will discuss how patient are you going to have to be in order to see some results from the Royals pitching staff. They claim, infamously, that the problem over the last handful of years has been at the big league level instruction-wise. Well, now it's time to put your money where your mouth is. How long is it going to take for us to see the results with the Royals pitching staff, we'll discuss. Then I'm old Jack Young, as per usual, at the end of the show. But up next, Shocker Baseball Talk, Lauren Hibbs, former Shocker great player and Charlotte head coach, won his first game as a skipper of Wichita State. How's it feel? We'll ask him next. It is 12-22 on a Monday. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show. On ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Well, spring is coming, and you'll likely be more active, guys. So feel better, and you can do so with top. That's right. That's probably top of mind for you anyway, feeling better. And that's where Enhanced Wellness of Derby comes in. Enhanced Wellness Top Program is the Testosterone Optimization program top and that'll increase muscle mass and stamina while decreasing body fat as well this will get you looking better but more importantly feeling better too and speaking of feeling better after a long night out on the town or maybe if you're just battling the flu or something like that enhanced wellness can inject new life into you with their iv vitamin infusion this will rehydrate you but also it'll improve sleep energy and immunity 
Enhanced Wellness is great, among other things, because they give you a free assessment on your very first visit. Enhanced Wellness, locally owned as well. For more information, visit EnhancedWellnessDerby.com. That's EnhancedWellnessDerby.com. Or call or text 316-644-2800. That's 644-2800. Enhanced Wellness of Derby. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall if you're allergic to pork or if you have gout kidney problems or worsening of painful swollen joints call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions take creon as directed by your doctor and always with food do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation other side effects may include blood sugar changes gas dizziness sore throat and cough these are not all the side effects of creon creon is the number one prescribed epi treatment ask your doctor about creon for epi and visit creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more that's c-r-e-o-n.com sponsored by First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Hey, Soren Petro here. The Royals are reporting for spring training, and we have you covered right here on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Todd Lebo and I will bring you everything from week one in Surprise, Arizona. So listen every day as we bring you the latest news during the Border Patrol, the Shane Dennis Show, the Pulse, and the program. And see all our videos on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Follow the Royals on your home for Major League Baseball, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Okay, the show continues, 12.27. And we will talk some Royals in the second hour. But we'll talk some Shocker baseball right now. It was opening weekend, and Wichita State didn't exactly dip their toe in the water. They went to Long Beach to take on the Dirtbags in the three-game series. So we hop on the hotline right now and welcome in Wichita State baseball coach Lauren Hibbs, who got his first victory as head coach at his alma mater. Scooter, welcome in. How are we feeling? Hey, good morning, Shane. How you doing? We just got done with practice, had an early morning practice today, and we're on the bus heading back to the hotel, so uh, good to be with you, man. Yeah, good to catch up with you. Uh, how did the first win feel? Any different than any of the rest of them? This was your alma mater, after all. <laughs> well, we had a chance to win all three, so, you know, we lost a tough game 2-0, you know, on Friday. Had chances, you know, late, just didn't didn't come through in a couple situations, but and then had a really tough loss on Saturday with a walk-off. We did a lot of things good the first two days, and Really proud of our guys and our coaching staff, you know, for what we did yesterday because we could have easily just kind of gone through the motions. We didn't. You know, we showed up. We prepared the right way, and, and we had a good plan going into the game, and our guys did a great job of executing. So, you know, every win every win's good. 
Uh, it's hard to win Division One baseball now. There's a lot of good teams, and Long Beach is going to win a lot of games, man. I mean, they got a great environment to play in, and they got a good, they got a really good team. They're very well coached, so it was good for our guys to see, you know, that level of play the very first weekend because uh, that's what it's all about, and that's the level that we expect to play at on a regular basis. An interesting combo, too. You open up on the road at a good club in Long Beach State. Like you said, we expect them to win a lot of games. But Wichita State had to do it in front of 6,300-plus at Blair Field. So you had the atmosphere. You had the good team. You had uh, on the road all kinds of adversity-type stuff, plus the walk-off with a total gut punch Saturday night. And all you do on Sunday is score 11 runs in the first three innings. So what would you attribute that to? Well, our, our guys are learning what it means to be a shocker baseball player. You know, the, the, the toughness that you have to have, the intact against any opponent, the, the, just the work ethic and the preparation that goes into being good. And our guys are learning that. Um, you know, but it's, it's a daily thing. Uh, we actually had a good workout this morning. It was early for our guys, but they all got up. They had breakfast. We had a good workout today. And we just need to keep uh, being the best version of ourselves as consistently as possible. If we show up and we're engaged, um, we have a good plan to go in, we're going to have a chance to be successful. Again, proud of the fact that we were you know, had a chance to win all three games. We didn't. We're disappointed we lost those two games. But it's a great learning experience for our guys, and we just need to keep moving forward. Now, the nuts and bolts of that Sunday game, you get uh, two in the first, one in the second, eight in the third. Uh, and you do it against a pretty – uh, highly regarded freshman in Miles Patton. You knock him out in the second and then pretty much mow through the next two relievers. How did you do it from your perspective to get 11 runs on 12 hits after three innings? Well, again, it goes back to preparation. You know, Coach Sirianni and Coach Ferens do a great job with our hitters, and and we prepped our guys for the information that we get, you know, via – and some other scouting services that we utilize, and uh, our guys did a really good job executing. And, you know, Adler was good, too. You know, that's, yep. that's a game where you can kind of lose concentration, as you know, from, from pitching. You can lose concentration real easily, but we didn't. Uh, we played good defense, and, and we just kept grinding. So we never let them back in the game. And, and again, uh, really proud of the effort, but uh, we gotta we got to have a good practice day tomorrow and another good one on Wednesday and get ready to play again this weekend. Talking to Lauren Hibbs, Wichita State baseball coach. Shockers win yesterday 11-6 to on to St. George, Utah for Utah Tech coming up Thursday through Saturday. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, the decision to lead off Brock Rodden. Is that more analytically driven, or was that just, hey, I want to get my best hitter as many at-bats as possible? Which is it? We, we, yeah. Well, it, that's a great question. I mean, a little bit of it is analytics, but... More of it's just the way we want to play. I mean, he epitomizes what our program's about from a position player standpoint. He's got a great work ethic. He's competitive. I mean, he just epitomizes what our, our place and, and program is, is evolving into. And, you know, we want to give him as, as many looks as possible. And if you think about it, you know, he had a really key at bat on Friday, so we got him up there. If he's hitting three hole, he doesn't get to that point and get that at yep. bat. You know, he popped it up, but we had a chance to, you know, to tie the game or go ahead. And then, you know, on Saturday, a couple of key opportunities, you know, with him hitting the leadoff where he got opportunities and drove in runs. I think he had three runs driven in on, on Saturday and, and gave us the lead. So he's a tone setter. I mean, he's just a tremendous player, and uh, we just want to try to get him as many looks as possible. Now, how about uh, Peyton Tolley? Because there were times last year that he'd Another. only play – uh, position player, uh, uh, hitter, that is. He'd only played two out of the three times in the weekend, very rarely. I don't know if he ever um, hit all three times in a weekend. You were in the dugout, did he? And uh, what's changed your mind about Tolley's usage as a hitter? Well, another kid, if you're looking at a, a guy that epitomizes what our program is evolving into is Peyton Tolley. Tremendous work ethic. I mean, you've been around him, Shane. He's huge. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a big He's a big physical kid, and he puts the work in. You know, he really works in the weight room. Uh, you know, he's just he's just a tremendous young person and, and leader of our program, evolving into a leader even though he's only a sophomore. And we trained him for it, you know, in January. Basically, we started January 15th with this team, and, 
and we trained him for it, you know, in those early scrimmages and, and told him he's going to hit and pitch. So we developed a routine for him uh, that we practiced a couple, two or three times before we came out here to, to Long Beach, and, and it worked for him, and we're just going to continue to monitor his workload. But, you know, we look like a lot better coaches, you know, if he's in the lineup <laughs> every day versus sitting over there in the dugout beside us. So we're, we're yeah. going to keep doing it, and we expect him to continue to be successful multi-hit games in each of the last two, including the one that he started on the mound. Uh, and, oh, by the way, only gave up one hit in six innings to Long Beach State on the mound. We're talking to Lauren Hibbs, Wichita State baseball coach. They win yesterday 11-6 to to get their first victory and get Scooter's first victory as a coach. I uh, want to ask your opinion on David Herring. A couple of newcomers, David Herring and Mauricio Milan. First of all, Herring at shortstop made a couple of plays over the weekend that you don't normally see a college shortstop make, let alone a kid his age. Uh, pretty slick over that shortstop. What do you make of his debut this weekend? He's a good player, man. I mean, he's just a good, solid player, a guy we got out of Cali, you know, junior college. They, they run a great program over there. They have for, for decades now. And, you know, David did not start the first game. You know, we, we, we played Brock at short and put Jack Little in. That was primarily based on the left-handed pitcher that, that Long Beach do that was really, really tough on left-handed hitters. So we wanted to try to stack as many right-handed guys as we could mm-hmm. in the lineup. And David took it fine. He was not happy. He wasn't playing, but he was, he was a, you know, he was a pro about it. He was a man about it. He didn't, didn't complain. He prepared the right way. And then we obviously wanted to get him in there, you know, on Saturday against the right-handed pitcher and he did well. And, and gave him a chance to play again yesterday. So he's a good, solid player. You know, our middle infield defense is pretty good. Sawyer Thornhill's played pretty good defense, you know, at third. And Pennington's very athletic at first base. You know, Mo, you mentioned Mo behind the plate. That's, you know, Coach Sirianni did a great job of going out and finding him at El Paso Junior College. He's a, he's a good player. Uh, I think he's learning our pitching staff every day and kind of trying to figure out how we need to sequence hitters. But he'll continue to get better with that. You know, Kai McDonald's another kid that we brought in, junior college guy that can really run in center field. Uh, and, you know, we, so we've, we've got a, a good nucleus of guys and we don't have a lot of guys. <laughs> you know, we don't, have a, <laughs> don't have a lot of players, but we got a good nucleus of guys and, and really, really proud of our pitching staff. Caden Favors did, did a tremendous job, you know, this weekend throwing in relief a couple of times. And, you know, we were able to keep everybody's pitch counts, you know, reasonable we didn't have anybody go out there and throw 120 130 pitches the first time out we were able to protect our bullpen arms and it's a process man you know how it is it's yep. a process it's a, it's a 56 game season and uh i think we're off to a decent start and we just got like i said we just got to keep showing up every day and being the best version of ourselves and and once we do that uh we got a chance to have a good 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 season to that end, uh, baseball being a process, and I certainly don't want to name names or point fingers, but it's a general question. I would have probably asked it regardless. But how tough is it as a head coach to balance the, okay, I'm going to be patient with this guy because I know what he's got in him hits-wise versus he's in a slump, he's not seeing the ball, he's not hitting the ball. How tough is that to draw the line as far as moving him around in the order or giving somebody else a shot? It's hard. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. And really what it gets down to is, you know, when we have bullpen session with guys that aren't that aren't pitching or not pitching very much, if they're locked in and they're really working on their craft, if they're really working on what Coach Pelfrey's asking them to do, then we're going to obviously be a lot more lenient with those guys and give them more opportunities if it presents it in a game situation. Uh, same with hitters. If, if they're scuffling a little bit right now, uh, you know, we've only played three games. If they're scuffing a little bit, if, if they if they get in the cage with, with Coach Sirianni and Coach Barron's and they're working to improve their deficiencies, then obviously we're going to give them a little bit more leeway. And, you know, everybody can look at the stat sheet, and I think there's a lot of things, that, you know, that are kind of blown up over that because, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're talking about a two-game segment. we got we got a small data sample size, and the guys that are doing well are probably going to, probably going to be pitched too differently even this weekend because there's a lot of information out there now same pitching watch you know we we felt like it was important to get Snead in the game yesterday because he's got a really good arm he's got a live arm uh and we wanted to get him in and he did well but he learned yesterday he threw a 2-0 or 0-2 change up to a right-handed hitter 
right on right, and his changeup is his third best pitch. So we talked about that this morning at breakfast, and Pelf and I got him, and, and, you know, and he's, he's 94 to 96 with a breaking ball. What are you doing throwing a changeup? You know, yep. I, I told him, I said, I said, man, you're not. This is not showcase anymore. You're not showcasing. You know, we're we're here to just dominate hitters and, and win games. He got it. He gets it. Mm-hmm. But he had to have that experience, and and we got him two innings, and he, and he threw well. Um, and then we got Favors back in there, and he was he was really good again yesterday. So happy with with what our starting pitching's been to this point. Uh, we just got to continue to develop more guys, man. We got to continue to develop more length with our lineup and more length with our our pitching staff and and uh, keep grinding away. Favors is an interesting study, isn't he? He can go long for you. He, he's got closer-type mentality. I don't know uh, about stuff necessarily or what Pelfrey has in mind or envisions for uh, Caden Favors, but if there's ever a good problem to have down the bullpen, he seems to be the guy, huh? Well, he's developed you know, into that guy, and, and Pelf's done a great job with him. You know, just... He's got a good life on his fastball. He's got a good cutter. Uh, he's done a lot better job. Favors has a field in his position and holding runners, which is important in college. You know how they speed the game up on you with bunt, hit and run, and steals and all that stuff. So, you know, he's made an effort, and, and he's a guy, like you said, we can use in multiple roles. Uh, he started some, uh, but, you know, we, we just got to continue to have him develop. And we've got some other left-handers that are younger guys that, that we have confidence in that, that you're probably going to see this coming weekend, and we just need to we just need to keep developing more guys. I know I sound like a broken record, but our job as coaches is to develop more length in our on our roster. And if we do that, and, and our players buy into the fact of of showing up every day and being being ready to go mentally uh, with our help, uh, we got a chance to we got a chance to have a good year. Talking to Lauren Hibbs, Shocker baseball coach, Wichita State winning yesterday on to play Utah Tech this Thursday through Saturday, four games in three days. Uh, in the moments we have left, uh, Scooter, I want to get your thoughts on the pitch clock. How did that go this weekend? How did you guys handle that? <laughs> oh, we had a situation where they called a ball on Adler because the umpire said that he stopped in his windup, which I, all these years he's been doing this and thousands of games coached. Have never seen that called, and for some reason the umpires decided to call that. There was a couple of situations where their hitters were not in the box the ten second mark, and it wasn't called. And we had one situation with one of our hitters who was not in the box, and they never called it one time. There's clocks all over the place, so I think it's going to need to be cleaned up moving forward. I think we all like the rule to try to speed the game up, but I think if they would just go back to you know, once the pitcher starts into their motion, stop the clock versus actually yeah. delivering the pitch. I think that would really solve all the issues, you know, because, you know, you go through sign sequences, especially runner at second. You, you don't want them picking your signs. And offensively, if you get in a, a late game situation, you want to try to slow the game down for your hitter so that they make sure that they know what's, what's being called offensively. All those things really can't be done with the way the timeline is, is done here. We've had to adjust because I'm used to giving offensive signs in the dugout. But you can't do that now because, you know, by the time I, they look over to me and they, it just, you just, you're putting your hitters at a disadvantage. So we've had to, to go to a different sign sequence that Siri and I have worked out in terms of our hitters. But, man, it moves a lot faster. You know, it's a lot faster. So, um, you know, we'll continue to deal with it, but I hope that they go back and revisit the rule. And if they would just change it to, to once the pitcher starts into his windup or starts into his stretch, the clock stops versus having to deliver the pitch within that 20-second time frame. And we were talking uh, a couple of days ago about that very thing. And um, I, if I had a vote or if, I, if they asked me, hey, once you get to the seventh inning, uh not that important to have a pitch clock, uh, especially if it's a close game and, you know, you got bunt defenses and uh, inside picks and things like that. I'd be for, okay, we can do this for seven innings, but then when the rubber hits the road, we need to win a ball game or lose a ball game, as it were, turn the thing off. Uh, again, I think that's a really good idea, and they, they need to discuss things like that, you know. Uh, you know, they, they, they just keep changing the rules on these kids and, and the coaches, 
And, you know, last year you could step off multiple times and make that little fake throw, which everybody knew that was a joke. Well, now mm-hmm. you can do that once. And kids are still doing it. I mean, Long Beach did it. We did it just because they're in the habit of doing that because that's what they had to do last year. And, and when they decide on all the rules, we basically have from January 15th until we play to work through those things. And that's, I think it just puts the players at a disadvantage. And, and again, if the intent is good to try to speed things up, but I, I think that they need to go back through and kind of clean some things up, whether it be late innings or whether it be, you know, with the pitcher going in their motion to stop the clock versus letting the clock run all the way until the pitch is delivered. So overall, over the weekend, uh, how did your players, I know nobody likes to start it out one and two, but overall, how did your players uh, react for your liking? And how does it seem like, I know you said you had a good workout today, and it always is nice to win the final game of a series rather than lose it, but uh, uh, they react, act and react the way you wanted them to against a tough opponent? Well, I, I mean, you were here to see it. Um, you know, losing the way we lost on Saturday, I mean, man, that's a that's a gut check, man. Mm-hmm. And you know, to to have a quick turnaround and to get the, our guys prepped and uh, to show up and and do what we did. Now we didn't play very well offensively the last four or five innings, but man, we were really good early. And and that's a credit again to to our guys listening. That's a credit to our coaching staff for for preparing them. Uh, and we're, man, you know, you know me and we're, we're, you know what we're going to, we're going to keep grinding. I mean, we're just going to keep showing up and we're going to compete every day. And our Sunday's going to be bad. Some days aren't going to be as as good as we want them, but we're going to keep showing up, man. And it's a credit to our players and our coaching staff more than anything else that, that they're buying into the mentality that we're going to play with and how we're going to run the program. And like I said, they're all up at breakfast today. They were told that they have to be there, but they were there. They're on time. They get on the bus on time. We had a good workout today. All those things are positive. We just need to keep doing it. Just need to keep doing it. Lauren, always appreciate the visit. Thank you so much. Good catching up, and uh, good luck on Thursday, 7 o'clock Central time for uh, Wichita State's next game. Thanks, Scooter. Appreciate you. All right, man. See you. Thank you. All right. You bet. Lauren Hibbs, head coach, Wichita State, got his first victory at his alma mater, kind of Low-keyed it, but uh, they won yesterday 11-6, to scoring 11 runs in the first three innings after a real heartbreaker on Saturday, a walk-off two-run home run by Long Beach State. And Wichita State bounced back less than uh, 24 hours later and laid a whooping on Long Beach State. So on to St. George, Utah, take on Utah Tech. By the way, Utah Tech started its season 1-3, and losing the first three to Portland out of the West Coast Conference, and then winning yesterday to salvage the final game of that three-game series. So St. George, Utah, next for the Shocker baseball team. Again, Thursday, 7 o'clock Central time for the first game of that four-game series over three days. I'll play a doubleheader on Friday. All right, when we come back, we will check out the Twitter machine at ESPN Wichita. So go there. The question's already up. We'll reveal what it is here in just a little bit. Some headlines. Coming up at 1 o'clock, and beyond the baseball news we just told you about when it comes to Wichita State, softball was out on the West Coast, too. They had a pretty good weekend, and Sidney McKinney continues to be white hot at the plate, even beyond belief. Uh, When you hear her numbers, if you haven't, uh, stick around. 1 o'clock, you'll be blown away by Sidney McKinney's numbers, a milestone and a hitting streak. And coming up at 125, we'll hear from Matt Quattraro, the Royals manager. He will uh, have his pitchers and catchers together today. They've already uh, gotten together and worked out, so the pitchers and catchers have already reported. Now they're having workouts, doing bullpens and whatnot, and games will be coming at you, I think, at the end of the week. Uh, the Royals take on the Rangers, I want to say Friday, but it's coming. And spring training has started in earnest so we'll hear from Matt Quattraro, and we'll also ask the question, which may not have a real clear-cut answer to it. When are we going to see results with the pitching if, indeed, the Royals' problem was, in the past, instruction at the big league level? Well, we got new big league pitching coaches. When are we going to see the results? might not be as clear as you think, but we'll discuss that at 125 
And then the final segment, we'll have I'm Old Jack's Young. Now that Jack's back, February 20th edition in the second part of the show. When we come back, we need to talk Twitter. It is 1248 on a Monday. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Did you know that carbon monoxide is odorless and invisible? And the only way to detect it is by installing carbon monoxide or CO alarms. First Alert is reminding you to install CO alarms on every level and in every bedroom of your home. Also, remember, alarms don't last forever and need to be replaced at least every 5 to 10 years depending on your alarm. Protect your home and family with safety you can trust by visiting firstalert.com and Lowe's stores for your carbon monoxide alarms. We all know the saying, happy wife, happy life, and good night's sleep will definitely keep the wife happy. That's why you should try Derby Mattress. Their heavy-duty mattress made by Sutherland holds up to 1,100 pounds from a company that's been around for well over 100 years. Also, there's a latex mattress that you can buy now and not have to replace for decades. thing I love about Derby Mattress, their everyday prices beat the sale prices of the big box stores. That's Derby Mattress, 105 South Baltimore and Derby, or online at derbymattress.com. Time to leave it all on the mat. For the fourth year in a row, the NAIA Wrestling National Championship is coming to Wichita March 3rd and 4th at Hartman Arena. 280 of the best collegiate wrestlers in the country will square off for team and individual national championships. This event is open to the public, and the championship session will be broadcast live on ESPN3. All session tickets are now on sale, and single session tickets will be available the day of the event. For more information, visit visitwichita.com. Don't miss it. Hi, this is Brian Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. And this is Blake Davis with a great deal on Michelob Ultra 24-packs, just $24.99. And don't forget about Jack Daniels Black 1.75 liters, only $42.99. Davis Liquor Outlet, each store independently owned and operated. Excludes 31st Meridian. Every day, more sports fans are finding Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita 92.3. You can listen to the latest local sports right here. And now you can share your thoughts with us. 24-7. Just text 316-247-0923. Want to share your thoughts with the Shane Dennis Show or the Pulse with me, Pat Stropman? Put the new text line in your phone right now. 316-247-0923. I have a question for you all. question is, are you a fan of Twin Peaks? I know, it's a rhetorical question. Of course you are. Sign up for their e-club, stay up to date on all things Twin Peaks, and score free stuff. Signing up is easy. Go to TwinPeaksRestaurant.com slash Peaks-Club and get started today. Here in a couple of days, Wednesday I think it is. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Wednesday is National Margarita Day. So head in there and celebrate that, the best margarita lineup in the game. What's your go-to style? House, Peaks, Watermelon, On the Rocks? Well, check it out. February 22nd, that's Wednesday, National Margarita Day. In at your favorite local Twin Peaks, east at 21st and Rock, west at Ridge and Taft. Twin Peaks never settle. We love those guys and gals, and we can't wait for summertime so we can head out there and do some shows out at Twin Peaks. All right. Uh, Twitter question at ESPN Wichita is where you can go every weekday. We got a Twitter question for you up there. And today's has to do with NFL quarterbacks maybe on the move. But the question is who decides what to do first? Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, and Aaron Rodgers. And so I guess 
definitively or defining this for you a little, make it a little more clear, would be who's going to announce here's what I'm doing and not necessarily here's where I'm going. But we get some clarity. Who are we going to get clarity with first? So far, 59.3% of you say we'll get clarity on Derek Carr first. 25.9% say Aaron Rodgers. And 14.8% said Lamar Jackson. Uh, Jack, quarterback-wise, is there somebody else that's got a decision to make that I'm leaving out that would maybe garner some of the vote here? Off the top of your head? Hmm. Not off the top of my head, I would say. We assume assume Brady's going to stay retired. Yeah. It's not him. Um... Yeah, I think that's about it. I think the, I think the list is fine. Yeah, okay. Uh, like I said, Derek Carr, fifty nine point three percent, and I'm still I still haven't thrown away the fake betting slip where you put ten dollars of my fake money on Derek Carr's next snap being taken in New Orleans at plus one thousand. And I know you and Pat have talked about this. What was it last week? He brought that up. It too. was. I made him revisit it. Uh huh. Yeah. So there's still a chance that you could turn my pretend fifty dollars into a pretend profit if Derek Carr goes to New Orleans. Also, you still have a chance to win some pretend money if Will Anderson is picked first. There's a. There were pretty good odds on that, and uh, that was. Pretty, uh, pretty an astute observation by you. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but um, anyway. So, any further uh, discussion, or I don't know, uh, any chatter, that sort of stuff, as far as availability for the Chiefs at thirty-one and what the move is. Man, I keep seeing these mock. Drafts from NFL.com. Well, whoever's got one. And man, it seems like they're all over the map with Kansas City with who they ought to pick and, and even the position that they ought to pick. I know we went over this with our little mock a week or so ago, but I don't think there's any one definitive direction that a consensus of the experts think the chief is the Chiefs are gonna go. Do you? I would say, yeah, I would say no. That, that's what my gut's telling me. Best available? Is that what we're going to lean on? I would probably say but I mean, that's what I feel like you have to do when you're picking late first round. I mean, you can always draft a position of need. You know, I feel like right now wide receiver would be a position of need, even though you had Sky Mornier, Kadarius Tony, both guys young and on rookie contracts. But right now, I mean, you you tell me what the glaring hole on this team is. I thought last year they needed a cornerback, and they needed an edge rusher, and they got both in the first round. Like, yeah. those were positions of need, even though they were drafting later in the first round. You tell me after this year, with already going very young with your defense, not losing that many guys on offense. We talked about this last week, Shane, about guys you're losing to free agency. It's not a big list. So you tell me where the glaring hole is. I, I think right now, I mean, maybe it sounds, I can't. Right, sounds biased, but I, I think top to bottom right now, it's a pretty solidified unit. I think even if you took a guy in the first round, which I'd imagine they do unless they would want to package their first and get a couple more picks later on, but if they decide to take somebody, let's be quite honest here, it's not going to be a starter. It's just not going to be. So I think you should go by best guy available, right? If it's a linebacker and that would be... Wait, 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 wait. You don't think someone at 31 is going to start for the Chiefs in 2023? No. No, I don't think so. Now, I would... would Almost wholeheartedly agree with you. Almost. Not quite. And we might have to carry this over now that you brought that up. Um, because the first thing, it was a little bit, it'll be a little bit shocking when you hear me say this. Because I mostly agree with you that almost everybody in this draft for the Chiefs will be for depth. But I think it's crazy talk to say that someone at 31 can't come in and start. What if it's a – and I know it's taboo to to draft a safety first. 
uh, or at least it used to be. They used to say, you know, never take a safety in the first round. You can always get that position some other time. Offensive tackle and cornerback and edge rusher, probably most important in the first round. Uh, let's carry this over. Carry this over. Hold that thought. Uh, hour number two is coming up, so we're right on top of the can equip Case IH Red Zone Hour. When we come back, we'll continue this talk. And uh, Jack's assertion that anyone at twenty at thirty-one won't start for the Chiefs. So a little Chiefs talk and some headlines. When we come back, stick around. It is twelve fifty-nine. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, ninety-two point three FM, KKGQ, Newton.